Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Walls. Welcome, Chris. It's good to be here, Dan. Chris, good to have you back. Uh, our, our paths did not cross last week. We were, Chris was running around, so uh, we'll have to catch up this week, and all of a sudden, there's, a, there's an awful lot going on, Chris. <laughs> uh, so since we last recorded, the Russian-Ukrainian conflict has, has developed, yep. and you know, as we're thinking through this and putting this podcast out today, I wanted to cover some questions uh, specifically around what we're thinking here at, at Von Nelson. Um, so I'll start off with, you know, Chris, you know, Putin's goal, it seems, you know, throughout his entire tenure has been to reunify the USSR, um, you know, whether that's through annexation or through controlling uh, puppet governments. Yeah. And his actions in Ukraine are, are consistent with that objective. You know, question for you, you know, why do you think, uh, why does Putin now think the time is to make his move? Yeah, look, I don't think there's gonna, there was going to be a better time for Putin to make his move. Um, you know, I think when you look at the setup for the global economy and the cycles in general, I think there's been a, a lack of seriousness out of Western uh, societies as far as the way we've managed and secured resources and a gross underinvestment in key commodities. Um, I think there's been an over-reliance on narratives. And Russia is resource-rich. There's no question about that. And so when you look at time and space, the demographic challenges that face Russia are quite significant. Uh, their ability to defend their borders as vast as those borders are and as fast as his population is shrinking is such that the challenges of maintaining uh, sovereign integrity across time is, isn't on his side. And so he needs to make a move when he's at his strongest, which is when the key resources he controls, which is uh, oil, gas, and soft commodities, are in the highest demand and when his adversaries are at their weakest point. And, you know, I, I do think the U.S. is incredibly weak from a geopolitical standpoint right now. Um, I do think that Putin has done a great job of dividing interests within Europe and whether his actions in Ukraine can bring solidarity back to Europe to challenge Putin, we'll see. You know, there's a lot of good talk at this early stage, but we'll see if there's a lot of a sustained action. And so the world's massively short fossil fuels. He has them and he can make a move and he can weaponize those resources against uh, both Europe and to a, to a degree the U.S. and, and other developed countries. So um, the, him making this move is not surprising. Um, I think it's very dangerous to underestimate uh, what he's willing to do, and I think it's equally dangerous not to challenge him. So, a uh, fairly pre precarious situation. Right. And, you know, you think the, some, some of the primary issues uh, in and around the, the Russian-Ukrainian sanctions, do you think those will be limited to commodities and the sanctions on Russian citizens and businesses, um, along with their, their trading partners in the European Union? Or, uh, I guess, you know, what I'm asking here is, you know, do you think this is more constrained to a single event? I don't think this is a single event. I think this is... Uh, fairly well coordinated. Um, I think this is all about kind of pushing back against what's been a, a, a unipolar world dominated by the U.S. Um, I think both Russia and China would love to fracture the solidarity within Europe. And, you know, right now it, it's a ripe opportunity to do so and then challenge the U.S. and challenge uh, the reserve status of the dollar. And as we've weaponized the dollar against our adversaries, I think Russia's weaponizing its resources and commodities against the world. And I 
won't be surprised to see China uh, weaponize its supply chain um, and other tools at its disposal uh, via the currency markets or elsewhere. Uh, we're already seeing, uh, you know, Russia saying there needs to be an alternative to the dollar. If you're not going to pay me in dollars for my oil, I'll take gold. Um, this is all about repricing the dollar. The U.S. had an opportunity to uh, address the imbalances within its own economy, within global trade, and within uh, the monetary system post-09, they chose not to. Um, and, you know, now we've got these, these issues we're going to deal with now. So I, I think this is just the opening inning. I, I think there's a lot more to this, and we're going to see it play out over time. And, you know, to the extent that these adjustments occur over a decade, they can be relatively benign to the extent these adjustments are going to occur over a very short period of time and not via negotiations, but via kinetic activity, um, then it's a quite, quite uh, different path and, and very different um, you know, impacts as far as what happens next. Inevitably, there's always unintended consequences in, with these situations. So, um, you know, it, the key element from our standpoint is don't be surprised um and pay attention and and watch the chess moves as they play out and understand what the implications are understand what those fundamentals are and therefore uh, what the broader in impact can be but no i don't think this is going to be isolated uh to just uh, russia and ukraine and and parts of europe i think it's gonna it's gonna be much more significant over time as we see other players get involved right and one thing you just mentioned there is is uh, russia weaponizing their resources and you know if Think about this: if you know, if we're resource constrained, um, and we have resource disruption, you know, are there are there mitigating efforts that we have here in the U.S.? Um, you know, can yeah. we ramp up our energy production? Can we accelerate the timeline for for renewals? Yeah. Um, over the short term, the answer is no. Um, again, we have just grossly underinvested in our manufacturing base here. We've grossly mismanaged and and lengthened supply chains. Um, we've grossly underinvested in our energy sector and really have done everything we can to demonize the sector. And so we don't have the labor. We don't have the equipment. Um, we can ramp up production over a shorter period of time, 12, 18 months. Look, we're going to put a lot of rigs to work and we're going to grow production. But the low-hanging fruit is gone. Uh, that's for sure. And that's not a sustainable solution. As far as shifting and accelerating to renewables, you know, I, I just go back again to, uh, you know, the lack of planning. It, look, if we want to move to renewables, we can, but it is incredibly fossil fuel intensive to do so. Um, it, it is a lot of mining activity that needs to be done. There's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be developed, and we need to be realistic about what percentage of our energy production can come from renewables. And I think in a lot of ways, we still live in a fantasy world um, as to what that number is going to be. So there's not a lot of good solutions short term. There could be some real pain here as far as the cost of energy. And more importantly, even with the moves we saw in energy prices six, eight, nine months ago, we were going to have significant food inflation and shortages. Um, those are really going to be accentuated. And, and that's going to be a problem as well. So we, there's really not a lot of solutions short term. Um, you know, we can certainly tighten up 
monetary policy, restrict liquidity, and we can make prices go down, but I don't think that's the solution people are, are looking for. They want a supply-side solution that brings prices under control but has sufficient molecules for everybody, um, and that's just not the environment we're in right now. So, so many of our listeners are, are Von Nelson investors, um, as you probably would, uh, would, would think here. And um, yes, but you know, given the geopolitical events that are unfolding, you know, how, how have these impacted the Von Nelson portfolios, and, and how has that impacted our recent trading activity? Yeah, you know, I, the irony is we're all witnessing, I think, the beginning of uh, some historic moves geopolitically, and we'll look back on the next five or ten year period and just be amazed at at what unfolded. Um, that said, we really haven't made a lot of moves in the portfolios. Um, there's been very little trading activity. We came into the year with the basic thesis that we were resource constrained, that we had underinvested in commodity production, that we had over relied on excess monetary stimulus, and that economic growth was going to be slowing. We were going to have uh, falling inflationary pressures, but still elevated level of inflation, falling growth, um, and there were going to be real challenges with still repairing supply chains and and, and getting activity uh, back to where it was from a trade flow standpoint, actual goods flowing uh, to where it was pre-COVID. Um, so these events in the last few weeks just accentuate those trends that were already in place. So we're very well prepared for what's unfolding. Um, we think we have a very good understanding of what the potential next shoes could be to drop, both positive and negative, and what the implications are. So we don't have any binary bets within the portfolio, um, and we feel very good about what we own, and we plan to use the market volatility to our advantage, both as they get too excited about names that may be benefiting from the current issues. We're happy to sell into those. And conversely, in areas that are oversold or, or being punished unduly, we'll go in and take advantage of that. But the reality is we're not reacting to these headlines. We're positioned very well and we have a lot of confidence in what we own. And again, we just think everything that has happened to date and everything that we anticipate happening is, is going to play into our original thesis anyway. But, you know, just given that kind of unpredictability around this, right, and, and just the how the nature of how these events could potentially unfold, um, how, how should asset allocators and investors think about the current environment? Yeah, I think you need to have um, a very open mind. You don't suffer from a lack of imagination, both positively and negatively. Um, you know, it's easy to have the, the simple thought that, you know, oil prices can go much higher uh, all these energy companies are going to, in fact, you know, print their market cap and cash flow over the next two or three years. And that may be well and good for what we're seeing right now. But don't let a failure of imagination not recall that, hey, we can go in and use price controls and windfall profit taxes to address imbalances and completely alter the dynamics in and around that asset class. Also, don't forget that look, there's a lot of internal pressures developing and what we think could turn into a fairly significant event with Russia and Ukraine and ultimately NATO. Maybe there's a resolution internally within Russia with Putin and all of a sudden, you know, we take a lot of that off the table. Maybe we see Europe come back together. Maybe we quickly move to revalue the dollar and in fact, 
you know, the U.S. economy starts to boom again. So there's a lot of things out there that can happen. And investors need to realize don't let fear uh, or binary outcomes drive your portfolio decisions, but keep a very open mind, uh, both to the extreme negatives and the extreme positives, because this is the environment where they can, they can unfold. Right. Well, Chris, thank you for the insight as always. And it's good to hear your thoughts on a, what's become a quickly developing situation over in, in Russia and Ukraine. Um, and a lot to be, uh, lots of remains to be seen. So we will have you on here again soon. And thank you very much. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.